Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have with me AJ Amix, a passionpreneur. Welcome. Yo, 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 dude. George, thanks for having me on, dude. I'm like, I'm stoked to like talk to you, talk to your peeps. I'm, I'm, thank you for having me on, man. Thank you. Uh, welcome. And my first question, what is a passionpreneur? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, somebody who is super zealous, somebody who is ambitious, somebody who is a globetrotter, somebody who is a world changer, and that just lives their life with passion. So it's not just a business owner. It's somebody who has identified their passion, identified their purpose, and is literally doing their best each and every day to make the world a better place. So what do you say to those people that don't have a passion? They're, you know, they have a job or a business or whatever it is, and they're not very happy, but they just don't know how to get out of it. How, what, what can you tell them to get out of that whole, you know, I don't even know, uh, funk? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody has a passion, dude. Like everybody, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're in a job or not. Now, what may be happening is what they're excited about. I mean, what is a passion? It's literally just something you're excited about. And I think we have multiple passions in life. We have multiple things we're excited about. But yet some of us, maybe we're in this job that is not congruent with the things that um, we're, we're not excited about, essentially. And that's what leads us to being mediocre in our jobs. I mean, let's just be real. Unless you love something, unless you're excited about something, you're not driven to continually be learning about it. You're not driven to be reading in the magazines in the, of that industry, listening to the audios, you know, attending the webinars, going to seminars to be better and better and better. And I, I think there was a time in history where this was okay and people could get by, um, but they're not going to be able to. And, you know, and I'll say this kind of as a truth, as we're moving forward into this new economy, people are not going to be okay with having a mediocre employee. They're not going to be okay with hiring a mediocre service provider. And this is why it's essential for people to figure out what in the hell are you excited about? What do you want to continually hone and get better and better and better about. It's something that you just love. And if we can learn to then marry that with our job, magic unfolds. So to answer your question, how does somebody go from being in this place of a mediocre job where they're not happy with their life? Number one, think about what is it that you're really excited about? Like, what do you like learning about? You know, like when we were kids, we, we did things. We, we played, you know, for me, I grew up playing soccer. And um, I came home and I played soccer every single day, many, many times just by myself, just me and a ball dribbling around trees because I grew up in the country, you know, visualizing being on, you know, championship teams and just, just having a good time. And I didn't mm -hmm. do it because, you know, my coach said, hey, dude, go home and make sure you practice with your left foot or make sure you do this and that. It's just because I love the game. I enjoyed playing. And by mm -hmm. me enjoying it, I wanted to get better. I, I think all of us, um, if we allow ourselves the space, to say, what am I excited about? We want to be good at that. We want to be one of the best people in that. So once we identify what excites us, then we need to ask, well, how can I make somebody's life easier? I mean, because as a business owner, that's why people give us money. They're exchanging money for value, which is we're getting them a solution. That's why I'm saying if we're a mediocre business, if we're a mediocre employee, we will die, meaning we will either get fired or we not have clients because our job is to get either our employer 
for the client the solution that they're paying for. And the only way that we can do that is continue getting better and better and better. And the only way that we're going to be driven to do so is really, really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun with um, AJAMAX.com, uh, but what were you doing before you started? What made you start, start a business you're in right now? So, dude, it's been an evolutional journey, man, and, and I think this is with anybody, it's success or businesses or, or whatever, it's dreams. They're not created overnight. There's no such thing as overnight successes. Um, it's just a continual evolution and, and, and kind of just going after those things we're excited about. So to answer your question, we've got to go back a little ways. So I first started, I was a professional rock and roll musician. Um, you know, and at that time, I was a contractor straight out of college working for an ad agency because my background and my degree was in design. And so I was doing graphic design because at that time, I thought, I thought I wanted to do special effects for movies. And so in college, I took a class on special effects for movies and I, hate, I hated it. I was like, shit, I don't want to do this. And so I, I loved art. And um, so I said, well, what pays well? And at that time, you had this whole idea of graphic design and desktop publishing. And so I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing ads. And so I had that skill set, and uh, I got the job at a, or as a contractor, actually, at an ad agency. And we're working with NFL football players, and we're working with celebrities and, like, comedians. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Built websites, ads, billboards. I did PR for all of these people. And at the same time, I was doing music, and I was honing that. I'd work my job during the day, and at night, I was going to home, and we're writing songs, we're rehearsing, and I was also in char charge of doing all the marketing and all of the tour logistics and all the managing, and uh, I had good connections in the music industry from uh, my network. And so I learned how that industry worked from the inside out, and I worked my ass off, and I got a, a radio play in Dallas. I got people offering us record deals. And um, we, did, we did pretty good as an independent artist. And as that fell apart, um, due to me being pretty egotistical and prideful and not knowing how to manage relationships very well, I had to take a hard look at my life and ask, what is it that I really want to do? Like, what is it that I'm excited about? And uh, even as a musician, I'm not the greatest musician. I'm just a mediocre guitar player, but I'm a really good performer and a great uh, – I just love learning about marketing. So you – so you mentioned that 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 fell apart because of you know maybe it was your fault or not or part of it, but how how did you feel when that happened? I mean, did you feel sorry for yourself or what what was that experience? Yeah, so I didn't feel sorry for myself. Um, I'm not one of these people who wants to have a pity party with myself. Not meaning that I'm not emotional and you know like all entrepreneurs we, we deal with emotions, but I wasn't sorry for myself. I took responsibility for my actions. And uh, instead of me being in this victim mindset saying, damn those guys, they did this. If they didn't do this, then we would have been there. When I do that, I give them my power. And when I give other people my power, I'm not in control of my life. And at the end of the day, I am responsible for me. I am responsible for every decision. And if relationships fall apart, I need to take a hard look at myself, even though not maybe it's not fun, and say, AJ, what really went on here? Like, uh, was it because your vision was different than them? And if so, that's okay. But where do you want to go? But not to be in this victim mindset. Rather, I have to be empowering. And so I took it upon myself to always ask myself, 
what can I learn from this? How can I be better from this? What can I learn from this? And that's what ultimately empowered me to see uh, new possibilities. I learned. So, you know, this is important because uh, even though this is a band, um, I think this really relates to business in, in, in many ways. And, you know, what I'd like to know is at that point, you decided that you don't want to pursue that anymore and you want to move on to something else. And I think we face that in business all the time. And a good entrepreneur will have multiple businesses, right? I mean, so, and, and go through many phases in their lives. So at that point, I mean, what I want to hear more about that whole transition. Uh, what did it take for you to say, you know what, this is not the way I want to go. I'm going to go this direction. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was in music, I loved marketing. I was reading everything I could about marketing, and that's how I got turned on to internet marketing. I started reading a book called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And he introduced this idea of creating a business where we could work from anywhere in the world and really design a lifestyle around. Now, in high school where I went and in college, nobody talked about lifestyle businesses and lifestyle design. And in this book, I was like, well, hell, if Tim Ferriss can do it, I can do that, and I want to experience that type of business. So I committed to making it happen, and I allowed it to unfold. So I hired a consultant to teach me how to build a, a website. Cause I, didn't, I had no clue how to do that, so I hired a consultant to teach me a website. I then hired people on Elance, and not only did I hire them to do certain things. Now, granted, I still had my design experiences, so I could tweak stuff and do my own personal branding, which has always been huge. But I used Elance to get stuff done. But rather than me just paying them to get it done, I would tell the provider, not only will I pay you to do this, but I want you to create a step-by-step -step PDF that shows me what you did. And they would. And so then after they did what I wanted them to do and they gave me an instruction manual for what they did, I would then delete everything they did and follow their steps so I would learn um, how they did what they did so I'd gain the new skill set so I could pull off the whole internet marketing thing. And so that's how I just continued just really just trying and trying and trying to figure out the whole internet marketing space by hiring consultants and then implementing, buying courses and then implementing and just continue implementing and implementing and implementing. And over time, you start getting results. And how long did that transition take? And, and during that transition, what were you looking for to say, you know, I'm on the right track or no, I need to change, I need to pivot? What were some of the clues, clues that you were looking for? So I wanted to be able to work from anywhere in the world. And then that was really my only goal. I didn't care what it looked like. And between, it took me to answer your question, uh, October, see, October of 2009 until October of 2011. So two years. It took me two years to get my first $2,500 client in the internet marketing space. And by October of 2011, I was helping brick-and-mortar businesses figure out how to get more leads using the internet. So I had this two-year, I guess you'd call it grace period of trying, you know, hiring consultants, implementing, and then my day job was still contracting. I was doing PR for authors. I was doing some type of construction work every now and then. Um, I was out mowing lawns. I was raking leaves. I would do. And, and how did you feel about yourself during these two years? Because uh, you know, mowing lawns sounds great. Uh, you know, maybe when you're like in high school. But 
maybe that's not what you had in mind. So how, how do you deal with that personally? So dealing with it personally for me, it's, uh, it's, it's all about the people that you're surrounding with yourself with. So I'm very fortunate. I'm very, very peculiar or very particular about who I surround myself with. And so in the evenings, I'm having conversations and with these people, my friends, my family, about what I'm working on in the evenings. And so I was always have a good, uh, I guess you would call it a high self-image, a high self-esteem, because I know like just because you're, you're raking leaves now or you're doing, uh, doing lawns or digging ditches or doing roof, whatever it is that you're doing now, you're not, that's not going to be your entire life. Like it's not, there's, it's not going to be your entire life because you're doing other things. When you're going out to events or networking events, you're talking so, about your So what was your vision then during those two years when you were doing all these different odd jobs? But, but, you know, in the, in the meantime, you were studying and learning and improving. What was your goal? I mean, yeah, location independence was one. But, you know, what was going to be that, that one thing, that $2,500 first client? Was, was that a goal or did you have something other in mind? Honestly, my, my main goal at the time is I wanted to inspire people to pursue their passion. Um, mm -hmm. So of course, yeah. I mean, money was a. a I want to. You have to get paid to pay the bills. Um, and so I had a number in mind. And my, you know, the first client I had, the twenty five hundred dollar client, was great. And but at the end of the day, it was um, really how am I going to get my message out to people? And for me at that time, um, you know, it was helping brick, brick and mortar, uh, brick and mortar businesses get leads. So I would go in and speak at the chamber of commerces and connect with people and share the strategy to do that. And they were like super stoked. And so that was kind of like the validation, I guess, I was looking for was more of a good job, son. You're doing great. Thank you for helping me more than more than the monetary gain. So um, what what advice do you have or what strategy do you think we should have to give ourselves patience? Because, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up this two years uh, time because a lot of people look at success and say, you know, well, look at so-and-so and they're so successful, but they don't see behind the, the scenes, so to speak. So there was those two years that, that you worked and then you learned and all that other stuff. But how do we give ourselves time? Like say, you know what, um, AJ, you're not a loser. George, you're not a loser. You know, you're doing the right thing. How, how do we, how do, how are we, how should we pac be patient with ourselves? I think number one, we have to understand that, you know, life's this journey, you know, and people have seen the imagery, I would think by now, on social platforms, on infographics and books, et cetera, where, you know, we have this, this perception where like our journey is kind of like this straight ascending curve from where we're at to where we want to go. And it's just completely straight and, you know, vertical or diagonal, steeply diagonal, you know, upward direction. But the reality is it's like up and it's down and it's up and it's down and it's this idea of and it's an ascending life curve, meaning that there's always going to be highs and there's always going to be lows. And as long as we are pushing to be our best self, that high and low will always continue to go up and up and up. And our next low is going to be about equivalent as our last high and our next high should be higher than our last high, of course. So I think, number one, we have to understand that at a very core level and stop beating the shit out of ourselves and understanding that life is going to be this evolutional, evolutionary journey that's always going to have up and down. And then if we looked at like some practical takeaways here, because, you know, I don't think a lot of people want to open up and share like the nitty gritty. I'll, I'll, I'm like totally willing to go wherever you want to go with this. 
And, you know, it's like, put some things into practice, like put some mantras on your, on your bathroom mirror, like that some, you know, people call these affirmations where you're talking about, I am a speaker, I am an author, I am successful, you know, I am good, because you have to have that. But at the same time, who are you surrounding yourself with? And if, you know, and try to find the people that are going to help build you up, where you can talk about your dreams and your aspirations, and it's okay to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned that, that, first client that first $2,500 client how did you get that first client yeah so this this is cool so I was really really clear on who my client was like super clear I knew I was, it was helping brick and mortars so I I had to say okay well if I'm working with brick and mortars that's who I want to go help here I because I know I can get them you know this result well then where are they at and I'm like well they're going to be at my local chamber of commerce and so I'm like, cool. So what I do, I went and joined the Chamber of Commerce. I took some of the last dollars I had, and I joined the Chamber of Commerce. And they had a luncheon. Um, this was like on, a, I guess, like a Friday, I think. And they had a luncheon the next week um, on a Thursday. So I went to the luncheon. You know, I, had, I bought like a $10 lunch, I think is what it was. And they had their program. Then they had a time where the new members could introduce themselves. They stood up and introduced themselves to the chamber. And there's about 115 or 20 people there that day. And most people stood up and said, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm with this company. And if you need anything, I'd love to meet you and sat down. Well, I had decided, I have already thought this through, me and my musical background. I'm all about creating experiences for people. So I said, okay, I'm going to have about a three-minute window what experience can I go into this chamber and create for these business owners? And so I came up with this idea where I said, hey, I'm going to stand up, say my name, and I'm just going to like do a three-minute presentation. And so I stood up. I didn't even say my name. And I said, hey, all you guys are business owners. Do you realize that 97% of all of the searches online are looking for a solution? And if you guys are not online, you're losing out on customers. By a show of hands, how many people are here in the yellow pages? Some people raise their hand. I was like, let me under, I need you to understand that being in the yellow pages these days, remember this is in 2011, being in the yellow pages is kind of like a nursing home, okay? The only people <laughs> who use it are old and are a little out of it. So if you guys want to continue growing your businesses, you have to leverage, you know, the internet. And then I gave statistic after statistic after statistic, and I sat down. That's it. And then immediately after that chamber uh, meeting concluded, I had a guy come up to me and said, dude, I, I love what you shared. I have a son in Vegas that owns a couple of businesses. I think you may be the person to help him. I said, hey, you may be right. Let's talk. And so we set up a time to talk. We did. And uh, that turned into my first $2,500 client. That's great. And I really like the nursing home analogy because, you know, I don't think – I don't remember the last time I brought in the yellow pages. <laughs> you know, it goes directly into recycling at my house. So it's a really good strategy. Right now, today, that was your first client through the chamber, and that's, I think it's a great way to meet businesses, but uh, not very scalable. What is your model right now to grow your business? Yeah, so we're looking at scale, and, you know, then out, you know, for me, I was looking on the Internet. And so now it's all about me creating an audience. And so, you know, I do that through Facebook ads, uh, going into webinars. I use Twitter a whole lot. Those literally are pretty much my main strategies right now, as well as continually uh, going to events. You know, I went to a mastermind just this weekend out in Arizona, picked up two new clients. 
from just hanging out, talking to people, building relationships, seeing what people are up to and what they're looking to accomplish. And, you know, by doing that, uh, you're able to kind of come in and be that solution for some people when it's a good fit. So really right now, that's my scalable model is people come in, they find me on Twitter, um, they find me through Facebook ads, they find they meet me at events through and through speaking engagements. Um, I also work with different joint venture partners, like why I was a little late coming on this interview. Is I was speaking with a guy where we're looking at doing an event on May 15th and 16th, and uh, we're looking at you know a back-end offer and doing a joint venture on that. So that's another scalable way. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think entrepreneurs have to get really clear on who in the world they're helping and then creating that lead magnet, that opt-in offer that's going to give them the value. And then they just have to use, in my opinion, email to continue to add value to those people and follow up with those people. Mm -hmm. And Facebook, uh, Facebook ad works for entrepreneurial type of people? Yeah, dude. Facebook ads are great. I mean, uh, everybody and their mom has a Facebook account. And uh, driving people to a webinar where they want to learn something has been Awesome. I mean, awesome. Great. I, I'm because I mean, you do you do hear Facebook for consumer type of uh, advertising, but uh, you know, it's good to hear that um, you know it works for you for 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 business as well. On your on your homepage, I do see that you were featured on CNN. Can you uh, tell me how that happened and what's the story behind that? Yeah, that was a that was a funny story, man. And and I wish I could say I planned it, but uh, life happens really cool when. Uh, you show up to random places. So this was um, in 2000, I think it was in 2010, actually. And so I was in this place of transitioning from rock star into continually doing graphic design, freelancing, trying to figure out the whole um, business owner space. And so again, uh, my strategy going to events, I, I saw that there was going to be this big um, like investment event. And I was like, well, this is great. People that are investing, they usually have businesses and stuff. So I went, and it was during the week, and at this time, I'm, I'm like only like 24, 25, 25 years old, I guess, and um, so I'm like the youngest person there. Everybody's like in their 50s or 60s or 70s, and uh, mm -hmm. it was all like right when the real estate market was crashing, I mean, just completely just tanking, and so one of the guys came up when we were leaving in the hallway. This guy came up to me, and he said, dude, you're like the youngest person here. Why are you here? And I said, well... I was going to start, I just started a freelance design company and I thought I'd pick up a few clients. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is like coming up to one of the worst economies in the history of America. Are you seriously going to start a business? And I said, yeah, dude, I am. And he's like, well, aren't you scared? And I'm like, well, no. And he said, well, I'm with CNN. Can I interview you? And I was like, sure. And uh, so I sat in the hallway and did an interview with CNN that, <laughs> that day. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it's 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 a great story. You know, when I was reading through your blog, um, you talk about um, persistence. You know, persistent will keep your business broke. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So what I mean by that, like, if we continue doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again, just the idea of persisting, that we're always going to get the same results. Like, people think, well, I just need to endure. I just need to persist. But the reality is, yes, you need to persist, but you need to assess. Like, look at what you're doing, and if you're not getting the result you want, then ask yourself, why, why am I not getting the result? What can I change? What can I adapt? What can I modify?
we're going to we're going to persist, meaning we're going to continue moving forward, but I'm going to continue changing my approach until I get the result I want, then you find success. But if you stay in this mindset of just trying the same thing over and over and over and over again, and you're not getting the result you want, then you're still going to continue not getting the result you want. Okay. Okay. Um, lead generation, uh, you know, you're talking about ramping up leads. Um, you know, for somebody that wants to take their business to the next level and they have whatever level of success they have with their business, what, what are some strategies? Uh, you know, for example, uh, a professional services type of company, uh, would, you, would you give to, to, you know, to, to ramp up their lead generation process? I honestly think um, live events are where it's at for professional service industries. Um, but I love, and direct mail, by the way, I love when they understand this idea of campaigning. And what I mean by that is that they literally train their, their customers to a transaction. You know, I, I, re I still receive direct mail pieces from companies and trade events, you know, where they just have a booth where they're like giving away a, something stupid that I really don't need or anything, but if rather they would think, okay, I'm going to do this trade show, I'm going to go to this event, I'm going to go speak, I'm going to send out this direct mail piece, what value, what, what's this thing that I could give them that would solve a problem in their life, right? Maybe it's a coupon for trying out your services or something like that. Let, let's use a chiropractor, for instance. So if a chiropractor came to a trade show like a health and wellness, and most of them just give a free assessment. What if they not only gave a free assessment, but they gave them like a coupon that they could redeem, but they also gave them access to uh, some training, some on-demand training that talked about how benefit, I mean, how a chiropractor will literally solve all health issues, if that was true, if it could solve all health issues, but headaches and back ailments and have more vitality. And they would then be able to have the email address of the customer, and then over a series of a week or two weeks, drop training videos to those customers that's showing them the benefits of chiropractic. That's showing them that they know their stuff, that's showing them that this is how it helps you and how it adds value, and then having the call to action. I honestly think for lead gen, that's where most service providers are missing the boat, is not understanding how to campaign their, uh, their potential prospects from live events and uh, into an online sales sequence. Mm -hmm. Understand. Um, now, in terms of automation and you know trying to scale your business, what do you uh, what do you use? Do you use anything to automate sales within your own company? Anything that you can recommend? Yeah. So, like tools, um, I, I I use Aweber for all my email marketing. I like Aweber. It's simple to me. And as far as automating some of the, the platforms I'm using, you know, I use WordPress and I wrap everything within an optimized Press 2.0 theme. And uh, as far as that's really pretty much about the only automation. Um, and then I, I really pull out my whiteboard pretty much on a weekly basis and strategize different campaigns, campaigns for delivering my content to my current customers, um, looking at campaigns for promoting new webinars I have coming up. And uh, trying to think how can, again, I train them into a transaction. You know, I have this program. I have a couple spots left I'm working on right now. And I created a video sequence just to my list where, you know, on Monday they got a video. On Wednesday they got another video. On Friday they got another free video. 
And then on Monday, it opens up for the just the five few spots that I had, and uh, it's almost all filled now. So I just I just literally think through my my list and think through a campaign that I can, I can add value to them using email marketing. Sounds good. Um, anything that I have missed that you think would be important for people to know about either your business or some of the things that you teach your clients? I think this the the biggest thing. Um, you know, if I give somebody a takeaway, kind of based upon the conversation that we've had today, is just understand that success and people doing well or perceived doing well is kind of like this iceberg. And so what I mean by that is we what we see is just like this little piece. It's like 10% of the iceberg, and then the rest of it is all underwater, right? And, and, and underwater meaning they're at home struggling with their emotions just like you are as a business owner, meaning that they're working on creating content just like you are, meaning they are doubting themselves just like you are, and it doesn't make you bad. And just understand that we're all just humans, and um, we're all just trying to do the best we can and provide that that uh that solution for each one for each person so give yourself some grace and uh, understand that life is good and just to allow yourself the space to know that you're really badass at what you do and that if you didn't feel like you were called to do something um, there's a reason that you have that calling so i would encourage you to persist and continue on I love uh, success as an iceberg. I, I may steal that from you with your permission. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man. I say rock and roll with it. How can people connect with you? The best way to connect with me is uh, go to AJ and then Amix, A-M is in Matthew, Y-X.com. And uh, I always have training that's teaching authors, speakers, trainers, and entrepreneurs how to literally create a business they love, how to launch and monetize that business within 90 days or less. So head on to ajamix.com, connect with me there. Um, Twitter is a great place to connect with me, and that my Twitter handle is this at and then ajamix, A-M as in Matthew Y-X. And those are the two great places to connect with me at. Well, I appreciate your time uh, today, AJ, and there's a story behind every success. Thank you for sharing yours, AJ. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me, George. I appreciate it. Thanks.